Well, let's welcome back Coach Tresky. Coach, you got team updates for us. A uh, huge team update, just coming off uh, of a, a fun homecoming victory. Uh, was just really proud of our team and how we responded uh, to the previous week, honestly the previous few weeks. But um, the resilience of our team never never ceases to amaze me. Guys came back to work. Uh, we're supporting each other, loving each other, pushing each other. And uh, we faced a tough Rockford team, and they, they our guys didn't back down. They stayed together, and it was probably the – one of the more complete games that we've played since I've been here, and I mean that just in all three phases, really, really doing a nice job. So it was, it was fun to see. Well, let's talk about that big victory. Uh, very close game for a little while there, and then you guys dominated over the last three quarters. What, what do you think kind of turned the tide for you guys in that game? Uh, you know, I, I think a, a lot of it stemmed at the line of scrimmage. I think both both sides of the ball, we, we did a really nice job controlling the run game, making them more one-dimensional. Um, and then it was our best rushing game of the year by far. Uh, just a lot of progress up front. Obviously, we're, we're proud of those guys. You know, I, I've mentioned before, but I'll say it again, Ricky Rodriguez, uh, junior guard for us, was just tremendous. Um, and then you saw kind of the emergence of a couple ball carriers too. So, that that changed the game. It opens up your playbook. I thought Bryce, our, our Q, did a really good job managing the game as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was just. Uh, I think it all starts at the line of scrimmage. Well, let's talk about that huge game game on the ground. Trevian with uh, just looked unstoppable in the contest, and and Javier also had a great game for you. What do you attribute that success to? Um. I think well first off both guys willingness just to do whatever we ask for you know to help the team like um both guys I would say are receivers by trade um you know they, they, that's that's their home base but um they're just tremendous with the ball in their hands they're 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 tough nosed kids um you know Trey's played a tight end role for us often and that's you know not naturally his position Javi's not naturally a back. You know, he's great with the ball in his hand, but being in the backfield, you know, multiple times where he stepped up in pass pro, had cut blocks, did things that, like, you don't usually have to do as a receiver, uh, but those kids just care so much about their team, and every week they're like, hey, whatever I got to do to help the team, you know, get where they need to be. Um, it was just fun to see, like, Trey's vision, um, you know, Javi's elusiveness in the open field. Um, and Trey, honestly, we didn't have a lot of plans to put him in the backfield, but Rockford did a nice job schematically trying to limit him as a receiver. So I said, like, we're, we can't let him take away our best player. We're going to find ways to get him the ball. And um, he just did the rest. He was awesome. Now, how do you take the success that these guys had in moving forward and, and so you can have continual success with them if you decide to use them in that way? Uh I mean, he'll definitely touch the ball that way. <laughs> the way he, this his vision was unreal. Um, I think some of it is we've been we've been sharing with our guys all year. Like what we saw on Saturday is what what I really envisioned for our offense from since camp. Um, we've had a hard time building some continuity, and we've had a lot of guys just learning how to execute a game speed consistently. And Saturday was like the first time where things kind of started to slow down a little bit. We started to do what, what we've been practicing. And um, I think it was a glimpse of like who we can be. So I think that the benefit of it is like we're no longer talking. You know, when I say, hey, guys, I know what we're capable you know, We're right there. You're, you're, you're knocking on the door. It's no longer lip service. Like the guys have experienced it. They felt it now. And 
Um, I think that's that's really goes a long way into overcoming adversity. You mentioned nice day for Bryce last week. What I was most impressed with was how well he rebounded from the previous week. So talk a little bit about what you thought about his overall progression between weeks. Well, one of the things that I think is a strength of Bryce is he's he's not easily phased, um, very level-headed. Um, you know, he's he's that was part of the reason that we we went you know at the end of camp we said you know he and Trey are very similar. Um, just one aspect that we felt Bryce was a little further ahead was just his ability to lead and stay stay even keel. Um, and he did a phenomenal job of that. The stuff. You know, he made good decisions, good throws on Saturday. I think what doesn't go noticed is there's a handful of times where, um, whether it was by my play call that put us in a bad place or just kind of a um, unique looks, there was three or four times in the game where uh, I would say a less experienced or less poised quarterback might try to force a play. And Bryce wisely just said, hey, you know what, i got to eat it on this one. Like the defense guessed right or we're in a bad – I can't – find a window, I'm going to eat the, eat the play and live to play another down. And that does so much for your, for your offense. When you're no longer playing um, through negative plays, you know, we didn't have a lot of, um, you know, we didn't give up a sack, we didn't have a lot of penalties, and we didn't have a lot of TFLs. That, that keeps your offense um, and your whole playbook available. And so I, I really give him a lot of credit for that. That was a big step for him. The defense had a, a, a sensational second half, made a couple of big plays for you. Um, what kind of your overall thoughts on how they performed for the team? I was I was happy with how our defense played. I felt, um, you know, we started to, to generate some pass rush, um, which was good. That was something that we've been working on and, and really felt like we were kind of knocking on the door with. Um, you know, Kyle Kubaki's always been a good pass rusher for us, but it was nice to see him, you know, get home a couple times. Um, we got a sophomore, Nathan Nevad, is is really really coming on as a pass rusher as well. Um, and then obviously there's a handful of times where if you if you blitz one of our linebackers or Carter Schneider, that's that's uh that's an explosive play waiting to happen. So I would say getting pressure on the quarterback was the big thing. And then um, it was fun to see that you know us pay up, get some dividends from it. You saw obviously the scoop and score for Kyle, which. Really, really cool. His his high school team was there. His old high school coach was there, um, so that was pretty fun. Just you know, for them to be there while he he had a chance to score a touchdown on defense. That's that's a rare thing. Um, and then seeing Chris Cooper with an interception too. I mean, that was that was a big step for for our defense. Your players of the game, uh, man. So many that you could pick just because there was so many good effort. I, I think, like I said, it was a it was a tremendous team win. Um, we ultimately went with Javi on offense. You know, Trey obviously did some good things. You, know, you could have picked several guys on offense, including the old line. Um, but just with the workload that that Javi took on, um, that was that was really big time. You know, he had twenty six, twenty six or twenty seven touches or something like that. That's a lot in a college game, and at two hundred yards of offense was great. Um, ultimately, on defense, we gave we gave Kyle. Um, you know the the the. The player of the game, you know, you have a sack, have a couple TFLs and a touchdown. It's a pretty special day. Um, as always, none of those things happen without our, our week of prep. But we've had great, great effort in the week of prep the last two weeks now. Um, our scout defensive player of the week was a defensive lineman for us, D'Angelo Amaya. Just 
Uh, guys call him D-Load. He always brings great effort. He pushes our guys up front, and it's not a surprise we're improving up front because of him. Um, Scout O, we gave it to Elijah Jefferson. He's, uh, believe it or not, he started at the defensive line for us, but he, he's done such a good job of replicating like some fullback and tight end stuff that he's actually doing, repping it on offense now for us. Um, so just, just phenomenal. Um, our new foe we gave to the special team. We have like a, just a, a tremendous kicking unit between our new foe, Miko and, and, and Tony, our senior. Um, all three of those guys doing a great job. And, you know, it's just fun to see Arnulfo have some protection up front to do what we know he does best. And we've talked about that throughout the week. Warrior of the Week is a special one. He's um, actually, you know, prayers for him today. He's going through, uh, he's getting surgery on his hand. It's uh, Jared Garcia. Jared's a sophomore DB. He's played quite a bit for us this year. Well, he got hurt, um, but was just an awesome leader. Awesome leader on Saturday, like, Filling up water bottles, encouraging guys, going through game day adjustments, like coaching up, you know, the guys in this position group, just like so dialed in. And when in a time where he could have been kind of pouted or upset that you know, hey, I want to be out there and I'm hurt, this, you know, you get frustrated with that. He didn't. He didn't let that get him down. He was awesome. So he was our, our warrior of the week. Fantastic. This week, uh, Lakeland, the school you're pretty familiar with, there obviously. Um, what do you see as keys for this contest? Um, so Lakeland is dynamic offensively. They play fast. Coach Bruden does a great job, um, you know, calling the unit. They've got a, a good receiving core, a couple dynamic backs, and I think it all, you know, comes together with with their cue. Robbie, um, he's a he's a tremendous player. He he um, forces you to account for him in the run game, but can make you know some big time throws. Um, everything kind of funnels through him, and so you, you try to contain him and make his teammates beat you as best you can. Um, defensively, you know, Joey Leto does a good job calling the D, and, you know, they'll bring unique pressures. They play some man coverage at times and have, you know, some good corners. Um, you know, Jason Wilder, a senior, is back from injury a, a week or two ago, and he's uh, he's a challenge when he presses you. He's long, 6'2", he's got um, just good technique, and, um, they do a good job. I, I know when we play Lakeland, they're going to be ready to play. They're going to be emotionally ready to play. They're going to be schematically ready to roll. Like, we're going to have to play a four-quarter battle against them, and um, it should be a fun game Saturday. Now, you were talking about Robbie Michael. He's having a phenomenal season for them. Um, what do you do to try to slow him down in a game like this? Um, w- without, you know, giving away a ton of game plan stuff, I mean, you, you want to try to – you got to try to limit one facet of his game. Because he's a dual threat, um, you have to at least try to take away one of those things really well and force him to beat you another. And uh, You have to make that decision. I would say, you know, another thing is that he's got the most carries um, in the league. He's, I think he's got almost 100 carries already. And so he's touching, he's touching the ball a lot, and you just – you got to make sure that you're tackling him in the open field. You got to make sure that you're 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 doing the things that it takes so that he's not feeling like he can just scramble on you in the third or fourth quarter. So, I would say you got to limit at least one phase of his game and um, you know try to create some unique pictures for him so it's not simple. Now, special teams for them has been a little bit of a struggle this season. So, do you feel like when you when you game plan uh, taking on a Lakeland that you know you're going to see a lot of fourth downs that they're going to go for. You're not going to see many field goal attempts. 
in a game like this because there doesn't seem to be as much confidence in that. Yes, I, I do feel that way. Um, you know, Colin is, is an aggressive play caller as it is. Um, so I'll say that what, whether they were really good at, at punting the ball, for example, or not, I think he'd still be aggressive on fourth down. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely contributed to how they play. So you you have to play – you have to call your defense different. You have to sub different. You have to think differently um, because you're defending them for, for play, you know, I would say four downs. Um, I think the one benefit we have is, like, I'm cut from a similar – I'm not quite as aggressive as Colin in that respect, but um, I definitely lean more aggressive. And so I would say um, it's not something that our team is, like, unaccustomed to or, you know – it doesn't shock our guys when, oh, my goodness, they're going for it, you know, from their own 35 or 40. Like, that doesn't – that we're used to that, so. Well, let's jump into fan questions, and we'll start with Tom. He says, I know you've been asked about settling in on one quarterback or maybe not having a permanent quarterback, but would you like Bryce to be the guy that would carry you forward for the rest of the season? Um. I mean, that's the plan. I mean, if we keep Bryce healthy, you know, right now he's 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 our starting quarterback and he's been doing a really good job. Um, I feel uh, really strong about our group. You know, I feel like you know, at, at a moment's notice, if, if we're calling Trey's number, he's going to be ready and he's going to play really well. Like I said, all year long, it's been kind of neck and neck with those guys. Um, it's just been, you know, I think more the, the leadership and command that, that's led us to start Bryce. Um, you know, Nate Griffith still is, is – a guy that's had a lot of success in that group too. So like having, having those three guys, um, I, I couldn't be more pleased just with our QB room. They're so dialed in, um, you know, even like Elijah Chevy stepping up, he's a snapper for us. He's dialed into the game plan, gives great feedback. Nate Laborde is going to be an unbelievable coach someday. And he's schematically right there with it. So he, he and Griff are kind of like second coaches in, in a lot of ways, just the way they see stuff. Um, and Cooper Zimmerman's a phenomenal freshman, gives us great looks and scout. So, I mean, we have just an awesome room, but, yeah, I, I think Bryce is definitely the guy. Jamie says, I like the look of using receivers in the backfield because it looks like it creates greater confusion for defenses. Is that something that you may be using and implementing on a more frequent basis as the season goes along? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we, we've kind of done it for a while now um you know even ironically like you know justin was our feature back the last couple of years but justin for his first two years of college was a receiver um mike dupree you know our starting back in the beginning of the year was a receiver in high school and played receiver for us like we use our back so often in the passing game um that having a receiver skill set is important to us in that in that regard um and it definitely does make you think like you know, as a, as a coordinator, you can't rule out that that individual in the passing attack. You got to account for him, um, and it, it changes how you think about your calls, how you think about your pressures, some of those things. So, yeah, you'll you'll see some. I think you'll see a kind of a committee, and a lot of them will, will be receiver body types, guys that are in that position group. Leo says, Coach, the last few seasons it looked like the team has struggled coming out of the gate, but has gotten better as the season has gone along. Are there things that you think you can do to help improve the success earlier on, maybe even choosing different opponents early on in the season? Um, that, that could certainly be part of it. You know, we, we play two strong non-conference opponents early. Um, Lake Forest is typically a playoff football team um, out of the Midwest Conference, and 
you know, Carol's is really a, a surging, you know, um, program in the CCIW. They're going to usually be in the top three or four in, in one of the best leagues in the country. So um, we don't we don't have any slouches when we start the year. We play tough teams. I think some of it as well as you know. So far, these last three years, we we've um, we've had some inexperience on one side of the. We haven't had like two experienced sides of the ball yet. And that's that to me is has been a huge part of it is where we're really leaning on some inexperienced players in those early weeks that unfortunately have to learn, you know, by playing tough teams. So um, hope you know our, the hope is that we keep doing a good job developing and retaining guys, which we we have been, um, and you know by by next year, the year following, we should see a I think a different early season result. So yeah, it's it's like a two pronged approach I think to improving. Um, for sure. You know, I find this an interesting question, Coach, because I think to myself, okay, I get that you want to build a little momentum by having some early season victories, but I also get, you know, Aurora isn't an easy team to play, and you're going to have to face them at some point during the season. So facing some tough competition early on kind of sets the stage for that. So how do you balance that, I guess, is the question I would have. Um. It's it's a it's a del- we've been talking about a lot as a staff recently actually um, you know I, I think in a perfect world you're 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 playing a team that you feel you match up fairly well in and then you know I would say like a fifty fifty type game or less right where you feel like you know what like we can we can learn and grow from this game and we match up pretty good you, you never have an automatic win you never have a team where you're going to just come in and roll you have to play well but. Um, where you know if you make m- some mistakes, you still can come out ahead. And then you play a game that I think, like you said, gets you prepared for, you know, the Aurora-type team. And so if you could, if you can mix it, you know, I think you, you get the benefit of of both. Um, when you play two really strong teams out the gate, if you, if you go over it, you know, you're trying to find um, some confidence and continuity, you know, as you get into conference. And that's not always easy because we don't get to control that conference schedule, so. Cassandra says, uh, leading up to this week's game, what does faith and family mean to you? Well, you know, faith is my foundation. Um, you know, everything rests on God, and um, I'm just eternally grateful that that He would He would choose a sinner like me. Um, so, what, what's nice about that is when you when you have that relationship with the Lord, like you are anchored regardless of your situations, and I think family is an extension of that. When you, when you are blessed with with people in your life, whether you know be my my, my beautiful wife, she's amazing, um, or my kids, um, having those two things you know that that help you stay rooted in who God's called you to be, I think really helps you navigate life. Um, I think you often find when if if one of those two areas of your life um, is, is struggling like you're going to see that the rest of your life can can struggle as well um so both are incredible blessings both are things to celebrate and you know the the heart behind what's happening on saturday with faith and family day is we just we want families to be able to come out and and really have an awesome opportunity to spend a saturday with their community have an awesome opportunity to witness to their faith have an awesome opportunity to, to uh, support local businesses and support Obviously, a um, you know local Christian school that that's trying to use um, football and all the other things that we do here at, at WLC um, to glorify the Lord. So, Chris would like to know 
what are some tips that you can give that make it easier for a player to be able to hold on to a ball when somebody's trying to strip it away from it? Well, the first thing is is um, you know if, if you're if you're a back with the ball already in your hand, it's making sure you have four pre- pressure points. So you're you're pressing the ball against your forearm, against the, your body, right, and then you're capping the football with your hand. Um, you want to keep the ball upright. I think a lot of times when guys get loose with it, when it starts to swing away from their body or, or lose that contact point, that's where you get into trouble. Um, you rehearse all the time. Anytime you're in in a sea of defenders, you want to clamp with two hands, not one. Um, and so we do a, some strip drills, some different things. We use partner drills, bands um, to open up the arm and try to really force guys to keep that that position. Um, those are those are some things I would say that really help. And then kind of to complement that, as a receiver, a lot of times what you'll find is guys struggle um, finishing catches with their eyes and locking aggressively. So um, defenders are taught to scrape through the ball. Even if you have, it appears that you're going to make a catch, right, you'll see defenders try to, to try to scrape through it. And um, we really teach our guys to, to lock things away with their eyes. So those are, those are two things I think I hope would help um, someone that's listening. George would like to know, what are the pet peeves for Coach Tresky? Um, pet peeves, I don't know. I think um, I, I struggle when, when people, I don't want to make excuses or feel bad for myself. Like we, sometimes in life we, we're dealt with tough hands, um, but that's, that's, that's part of life. Like we weren't promised an easy road, and I think um, – when when guys of, of in any arena, obviously with football, but in any arena, like when we start to feel sorry for ourselves, that that is a pet peeve of mine because it's like there's no problem that's unsolvable. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's work at it. Let's use what God gave us um, to overcome you know the challenges of this world. So if there's anything I would say, it's like a defeated mindset. That's that's a pet peeve of mine. Ron says. I know that there are some verses in the Bible where people turn to as a standard for inspiration, but is there maybe a lesser known verse that you particularly dive into that helps to inspire you? A lesser known verse. Um, I mean, there's so many good ones, I guess. I don't know if it's lesser known. I, the the one that we anchor in all the time here is is one I don't know that always gets talked about because it's not um, it's not necessarily comfortable to think about but you know in John fifteen you know Jesus talks to his disciples about being rooted in God and and, and that's what's going to lead to a healthy relationship with Him and that's what's going to ultimately lead to what He's called us to do which is to bear fruit right to to make disciples and so He He elaborates on what that looks like. And at John fifteen twelve, um, he says, "A new command I give you: love others as I have loved you." Which that sounds awesome until you really think about what that means. Because we're in the very next verse, Jesus says, "There's no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends." And so when Jesus calls us to love, he calls us to love sacrificially. Um, and that's one thing that you know my wife and I we we talk about a lot. It's like, man, like there's so many times where I feel like God is teaching me to learn to die to myself. Um, die to my own desires, die to my ego, die to my past mistakes, all these things so that I can live and love the way he called me to. Um, so that would be the one, you know, we talk about the most here in our program, but I don't know, it's always it's always talked about 
in, in outer circles because dying to yourself um, doesn't sound so as as exciting as so God you know as God loved the world um, He gave His one and only begotten Son so that whoever believes has eternal life. That doesn't sound the same, but that's the next step in our lives, right? When G, when you recognize, hey, Jesus died for me, he wants me to have eternal life with him, and now what does that mean? That means that I'm going to follow him, and this is the model he showed. He showed that we lay our lives down. Um, that's the one I would I would call on. I love that. And so what are our words of wisdom for this week, Coach? Um, well, we talked as, as a, a group, um, making sure that, that we recognize, you know, whether we, we feel – great after a win or we feel um awful after a loss like our our identity can never 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 be tied um to our performance and so um what we talked about on monday was making sure that we don't lose perspective of that don't lose sight of that like within a week's time frame you can look at the scoreboard and you could feel drastically different about about yourself Concordia, we didn't play well, and right away you could start to feel like I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm this, that, or the other. And same thing with Rockford, we finished the game really strong, and guys felt great about it. And I'm like, guys, this is the perfect example to learn that that you are not your performance. Your performance only teaches you what you need to work on, and that's not something that that I made up. I'm not that smart. That's something that that God tells us all the time. Is you know, when when you know your identity in Him, you know, First John talks about it a lot. Like you're. You are a child of God. When you understand that, that's going to change the way that you think. That's going to change the way that you um, act. It's going to change the way you respond to things. And so um, that's then our word of wisdom is remember who God has, has called you to be. Remember how much he loves you and what he has in store for you. And, and don't give up. Um, don't give up when things get hard. That's fantastic. Coach, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it.